Hello, and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. My name is Cole, and with me as always is Gavin. Gavin, say hello to the people. What's up, everybody? It's Gavin here, founder of seps.io. So today we have a very exciting guest. It's Kimmery Hunt from Clockwork Screen Printing and Embroidery. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got into the industry, because I know you're relatively new to it. I am. I think um, so. I started off, we took over, my son and I actually own a business. So mm. we took over, uh, my son took over, we took over the business in 2019. Okay. Um, awesome end of year to take over business. But uh, Clockwork's actually been in business since like 2005. Mm. So um, it's all relationship based, um, knowing people and getting involved with, um, you know, different people and which led us to be, you know, take it over. And so, uh, why was Clockwork trying to sell because they were doing well, or was it because they were, had issues and they felt like they had to just bail? Oh, great question. So, our business partner still, uh, he started Clockwork back in like 05 in his garage. Mm -hmm. right? um, I was the quarter was in baking and hated it. Right out of high school in baking, um, and I was actually an actress. I oh, okay. Worked in action sports. So the detour, uh, bands, triple crown, X game, that's my And um, we got involved with clockwork because one of my athletes back in 2007 actually got, he was injured, and then um, one of his putzers relationship. Yeah. Um, so one of my athletes got injured, and his sponsor um, hired this guy to scrape to screen fetch shirts for him and asked me to go up to Elsa to pick their big shirts. They were going to get athletes at the next event, show their support for this guy. And um, so I went up and got him, met the owner, and for three years we printed shirts with him. Oh, okay. And so 2007 to 2010, stayed in touch with this guy. Obviously, we were there one day picking up shirts, right? And then um, being my background in sports, um, I had a radio show with DJC. Oh, cool. And, um, so, yeah, so this whole thing is like familiar to me. Um, but uh, I did um, a show with a mutual friend and the guy, Jeff, who was work. I did a um, show with a mutual friend, and he came up, he contacted me, and he heard Jordan Andrew calling from the Little Militia, you know, Motorcast guy. Um, can I come up and see you? It's years. So, kind of fast forward is he came up after the show, he's like, and Jeff, our business partner, is on. He starts businesses every week, like LLCs all the time, right? He's like, I'm going to start working with athletes, and I need you to come in and get contracts to photo shoots, like be that person for me. And so can you start like a box of brief company, a sunglass company, whole screen print shop, and now he's getting into like athlete stuff, right? So I do it. I go, I work with him about three days a week, uh, three hours a day, just kind of on the side overseeing her. Mm -hmm. So looking at their contracts, looking at, uh, you know, potential sponsors and photo shoots, that kind of thing. So from, that was in 2013. And so 2013 to 2018, Jeff Ford, um, Jeff calls me into the office. I had nothing to do with like, the screen printing side. I saw it and wanted nothing to do with it. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, this is so Yeah. Like, shit is wrong. People are pissed. Like, it was just, it was brutal. So Jeff calls me in the office. I was like, I did um, 
I did um, other stuff for him, like in sports and like reactive properties and whatnot. And um, I was in his office and he's like, look, I, this is 2018. I'm going to sell popcorn. And he's doing other things that, you know, he's had his time at the business, whatever. I'm selling clockwork. Do you want to buy it? And I'm like, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's like, like, I will sell this for you to for X amount. Do you and Dakota want to do it? I'm like, no way. Like, there's no way I would ever do that. And so he's like, okay. So I'll talk to this other guy that worked. And he goes, I'll offer it to him. Well, because you'll be with me. We'll still work on the other things. So I'm like, okay, cool. Never thought anything else about it. So I go to my office, go to my desk, and I call Dakota or I text him or something. And I'm like, dude, Jeff, just call me in his office. And I'm thinking, I have to find a job, right? That's right. <laughs> like, even though I had nothing to do with that business. So I text Dakota, I think, and I'm like, Jeff, just call me in his office. He wants to know if they want to buy property. And he goes, you said yes, right? I'm like, no. And he goes, oh, my God, get me out of here. Like, I'm in banking. This weather <laughs> sucks. Like, I need out. And I was like, oh, my God. As a mom. I'm like, where are you go? So this sucks, man. I'm like, I see it. Like, you don't understand. Like, it's so hard. People are bitching about this and that. And employees aren't and they don't give a shit. It's not because but if you only had the stress and it was ours, we would build it differently. Right. I'm like, no, that's not good. But okay, I'm mean, mom. Like, if you want another break key, I can do anything for you. Oh no. <laughs> I'm your mom. And I love you. And so I went that same day, went back into the office and I go, okay. He's like, what? I'm like, okay, um, we'll do that. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, handshake. And then it's like, okay. And I said, I don't, I don't think I want all of it. I think it's a gradual thing. I think we need to do maybe 50, 50 and you gradually set away. Cause I just don't know, man. Right, right. I wasn't convinced. So that's what we did. And so. By that time, it was close to like the end of 2018. The building came on uh, way too early. We had way too many people already. Didn't know how I was going to pay him. Like the stress already started. Right. And I'm like, I just won't take a pay. <laughs> like I'll pay to come in and I just won't make anything. Like I don't know how we're going to do this. So we went through a gradual um, uh, process um, through 2019, just like coming in and like learning little things. And uh, by the time of uh, by the fourth quarter of 2019, we full take it over, moved the business. We had been in that spot we called the Dungeon for like 10 years. So we got a new spot. We had this new building and we were coming up with everything, you know, on the parallel. I'm going to have a showroom and I want things to be, you know, cute. And I mean, we're in Manhattan Beach area. So yeah. I'm like, there's money there. Like, yeah. People want to touch it. They want to see quality stuff like they don't want just like this little dungeon sweatshop type you know what i mean so that was my vision is to really build something if we're going to do this this is how i want to do it oh my god the work i'm doing this to it it was i i wanted to just die yeah you feel <laughs> bit like it was bad it how was so bad. when you got it at that point and what was the equipment like and and how many staff oh, were there ready? yeah okay so so like so we had we um adopted everybody there because we didn't know anything like no. i don't know what emotion is i don't know what's going on it i don't know what i don't know what anything is like i didn't know nothing plus um when we moved to the new building in the same also that 
we didn't um, bring on the art guy that was there. So basically for the last year and a half, he was kind of managing everything. I think that's why it just kind of, that it didn't dissolve ever as a business. It was always very good at writing, mm -hmm. but it was just managed behind the scenes, I think, poorly, which he didn't have any business doing that. He's an art guy, right? Um, so um, he didn't come with us. We, now we don't have anybody in artistic stuff. I don't even know Still? what operations it. No, now oh, okay. we do. But so like when we took over in that transition, like late, like fourth quarter of 2019, like we had to get to Christmas. And now we're just like, what are the films like for all these things? Like to cook nothing, like, nothing. And uh, I, I knew people, like I knew some of the customers because they had seen me in the office. Mm -hmm. I even did some of the billing for like a year for work. But um, yeah, it is just a brutal takeover. But wow. like, Talk about and you just dive in at first. No water. This idiot doing this. So um, yeah, so we took over and we got to Christmas somehow. We met a guy that had a prolonged relationship, uh, friendship that Dakota knew somebody. He did their banking. He's like, well, I have a business in Long Beach and I'll do your art for you. So we're like, cool, now we have somebody. So we did that for like four months. That didn't work out. And then, um, so got to Christmas and we're like, Peachtree, going to ISS, we're going to like meet all these great people and we're gonna do this and everything's going to change. And then we're going to start cleaning the house bullies. Like we are way overstaffed. And so we kind of started doing the hard part of it. It was just really cutting back people and like, look, the can you do full time? We had to help the family and the mom and daughter that worked there. Oh yeah. Do you both want to work part time or one person full time? Because that's just where we're at. And that's a hard obviously conversation mm -hmm. at any time. So we then uh so we they ended up sleeping. They were like it's either possible full time or not. And I'm like I had friends where um I fired one of the friends yeah. and then I was like the like there's nothing wrong with you. They got fired because they were doing a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I have to out of solidarity. I'm like, solidarity, like <laughs> You literally didn't do anything wrong. They yeah. did the wrong thing. And they she still like never came back. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's weird how those connections work in business. And mm -hmm. like speaking of that connection, I work with my wife and you work with your son. Yeah. How do you balance that? Like how do you not just yeah. like talk about t-shirts at Thanksgiving? So he's better at it than me. So that turns into smart because we didn't have established roles. It was fight or flight. Like mm -hmm. I was ready to take off and he's like, no. What's worse, working with professional athletes, which is really clear babysitting or doing this. I, I don't even know what was more stressful, like trapping down athletes that were supposed to be somewhere in another world at a country losing their stuff or this. Like it was so hard. So um, that transition, like we're, and to be completely transparent, we're just now hitting it. Yeah. Just now, after three and a half years or whatever it is, really getting roles established. And it's all due to Dakota, like, honestly, hmm. like, uh, it, we just were, we had so much unlearning to do, to be honest, uh, unlearning and learning practices and figuring out what roles we were going to do that it was like, oh, did you email them or I got them or are you doing the art? But like, oh, I already have the clothes here. And he's like, why is stuff here when I don't even know what we're printing? And I'm, it was a cluster, man. How did you transition that? I mean, talking about organization, mm -hmm. we... 
we basically run on mostly Printavo and then we have like some automation that runs through through like Trello and stuff like that um, and a lot of Slack channels. How did you ultimately like get that side of it organized? Printavo, yeah. Yeah. That was like, who can where he is? Because I stocked up. I, I, uh, the ISS in January that I was saying, so 19, but our first, like, okay, we'll get the stars. Um, and we're going to ISS, we need everybody. So I actually took a handwritten four page work order, right? Mm -hmm. Um, to meet Rose in person because I stopped him on Instagram and was just like, I had signed up and didn't really even know how to use it. I think I paid for a year in it. Right. Didn't really know how to do it. Didn't have any like training or anything. And I took our handwritten, like highlighted, oh, hard date, this is due here. And like, oh, scratch out, not six, but four XLs and all that. I took it to him. I said, this is what we went, we took a picture together. I love it. But I said, this is, it was like the before and after. So he held up the Printavo like iPad, right? And then I held the work order of four pages with scribbles and Sharpies and right. rush order and all that on it. And that was how we really started wow. to do is Printavo because, I mean, a, a, a paper is, that's your Bible. And if you awesome. sat on the production floor, you're like, you're printing. Like, yeah. I don't know. Nothing was, nothing was automated. So you didn't, so you didn't even have we like invoice. Vellum. We use Vellum. Really? Yeah. Not now. Oh. Like. We used Vellum up until 2019. Oh my God. So you, yeah, you had to like modernize the entire business okay. basically. So yeah. then, I, so I'm assuming you got like a big Epson film printer or whatever. So, yeah. So you did, um, to go back, you did ask me about uh, equipment. You told me a lot. So the equipment that we had, yes, we had a Vellum printer. Mm -hmm. Our partner still makes the micro stuff ever. Why is he pro Vellum? Oh man. So, and then we had two workhorses. Uh huh. So, are they ancient? Uh, I don't even know. Five, five maybe. So yeah. So eighteen year old. We moved them over to the new shop. We didn't like put them on pallets or anything. They just moved them on a forklift, like a mile away. So they put them on a forklift on a flatbed, and so one of the arms were bent. Like they never kept registration. Right. Never kept registration. So I think honestly, in a six months. Um, Maybe we use one of them, like the workhorse. Maybe we use it on maybe four orders. It's mm -hmm. just, it became, they both became shelves. Big, you know, six color shelves to just put <laughs> on. And, and we had two six, we, which we still do, but we had two six uh, color manuals. So our printers hated the work. Not that it, they hated the auto so much they that they the ran auto, manual. Not that it was workhorse, but just that they weren't maintained, right? It was just like, that, that yeah and fix that. um they would rather um screen print a six color 700 pieces manual that's crazy and then you have quality problems because the best manual cool. printer and you output that much it's just yeah. you just you you just just sore wrist cool. will mess up your print it's yeah. awful and i never realized you, you really need to keep your guys happy i didn't know that part of it like mm -hmm. i haven't i've been you know employed with myself so, forever so having employees and then something that's so labor intensive and then not having the right equipment, then realize that I really need to keep them happy and, and their bodies. <laughs> you know, right. That's a lot. So, I mean, that was all a learning curve. The first thing that we did get, because um, we could afford it, was the Epson printer. We got like the 800 or something. Right. Which we still have, and it's been amazing. Yeah. Um, 
But um, yeah, that was the first equipment that we were in debt. We were in debt, like the that matches. We had a lot. We took on a lot. Mm-hmm. We took on a lot of debt and then um, paying people back and like old food people. They never paid. They never had people pay before, so billing was like, oh, yeah, pick up your shit. There was just a million yeah. old invoices. Oh, my God. And then yeah. know, our vendors, like, there was a lot that we took. No wonder he wanted to sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he wasn't, like, he never, he, it was great until, like, he got other interests. Right. And then, you know, when you're not interested in something, so, like, the business was awesome. Like, he made tons of money, but it, funded everything he ever did upon our houses. So it was great for that period of time. But when he became disinterested in about other people who have zero interest. Right. Um, that's what crap and and for a year just like like ARs and like when we moved we found uh, boxes and boxes and I mean boxes of independent Bella hoodies with some trunk prints on that right hats like what, what is this like who is it like oh the color but no one ever said anything to like the owner because hide it we had 17,000 square feet so it's like put it in the attic and then like he'll never see it and that's crazy it. Like, yeah. it was bad. when when i was at a shop forever ago um in like west la and i was still working at it and this was i actually hadn't started managing it yet it was um i was still technically like the art department um so it's not my fault but uh somebody loaded up they were doing ronald reagan library and it was 10,000 units for Ronald Reagan Library. It was like the deal of the year. And somebody loaded up not flag red for every single one of the American flags. And it was the greatest mistake I've ever seen in a shop because 10,000 units were all rejected by the library. Oh and like back then we didn't even do picture approvals. It was just kind of like a phone call of like, all right, you'll get it in four weeks. And so sure enough, like they ended up firing the guy who was in charge of the job. But at that point, he I don't know what the owner lost. By the time we reprinted it, he must have lost, I don't know, 40 grand or something on it. Like it was just rebuying the blanks, not to mention paying the labor twice, like just insane. Yeah. I mean, we did a job before I was there. Um, I think Dakota was there. I think uh, back at 18, you can play it at 18, maybe it's 2019, whatever. Um, we had done a job. We had an existing client, and they were thinking that they uh, launched a party for their new brand up in Las Vegas. And so, I mean, it was this like sixty, seventy-five thousand dollars order. Mm-hmm. Um, same print that we've always done. Nothing different. Just run it two pass white, whatever. And uh, Dakota had asked um, our art guy who handled everything, managed everything. Like I said, he was way out of his compass up. But he had Dakota's um, like, hey, this. Dakota knowing nothing about anything, right? He's like, this art looks different than it does on the screen. And he's like, no, that's right. Because are you sure? Is this small lines like are they supposed to be in there? And he's like, no, it's like it's like right. This guy's tell, right? Okay, it's a whole order as well. And whole or we still we didn't know. He shipped it. And he's like, no, it's exactly right. Just do it. So we shipped it, they get it to Vegas. Yeah. I get a phone call and it's our owner, it's the owner's friend, and he's up there with him. He goes, Order is well, and we're like, What? He goes, This isn't the right logo on there. Where is this detailer? I'm like, Oh, it was, oh my God. And and I just, I was at work that, and I walked in and I was like, Is that what guy's saying? 
And it's like, this whole order's wrong. He goes, I was afraid to tell you. I go, we printed one. Like, there was only one printed. It was the perfect time to tell us. Like, oh yeah, I didn't want to tell you, because I'm the devil, right? I didn't want to tell you with Apasazi. I didn't want to tell you because, like, you would, you know, lose your shit on me. I'm like, this is going to kill us. Like, this is a $75,000 order. We have to reprint. That's we ridiculous. can't do that. So, yeah. So, that was what we walked into, and I get it. It, Press so, approval. So that, guy, <laughs> that is the key. Not, he, the art guy, that, he didn't come with this because I was like, I can't. I can't no. do this. Yeah. I Everyone will, listening, do press approvals. Press approvals, photos. I know it takes time, but and it's it's so it's worth it. Time, but and Dakota and I still. That's one thing that we kind of like. Nope, they should have. No, look, if we're unsure, just send a photo or call them and say I'm sending you a photo. I need you. Or like sometimes we still do press that. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll be there if it's something new or a new brand. Well, we know now it's like come down, we charge them for that time, and they come down and they approve it. Um, we never change the art. It's like, oh, you can change the color or something. Yeah, we do we photo do approvals on everything because yeah. we just have, we use Mighty Call as like our office phone. And so all of our orders, we can text as shirt agency and just text oh. pictures straight. And so like everyone has to do it for every order. Awesome. Um, on a small order, it's kind of annoying, but. Still, it's like one of those things where like it, you're really not making that much on yeah. a lot of orders. Yeah, but you're gonna lose that much more. You can lose, yeah. Like especially yeah. if you do a contract job, you can literally lose. You can go negative on the entire sure. job because the blanks are way more than they even paid you. And there's so, the and yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we walked into a lot of unlearning. If um, <laughs> we look back now and we're like, remember when we used to like you spray out or. I don't even know what it is in the in the in the spray out room and they never diluted it and the guy's like, Man, you can just order a lot of this. I'm like, oh, I don't know, like we're printing a lot, I guess. And he's like, I'll bring it with I want to see what you're doing and found out like they were using it directly. They were not like Which thing was it? I don't even know. It was um I for the dip tank or for it was uh no, you think they had a dip tank? No dip tank. So they were just like blasting (laughs) aerosols? Yeah. It was just a spray. It was in a, a like opaque kind of whatever it was. What do you put on the screen the to like get all the emulsion? Just out like of it? press wash, I, I guess. Whatever. That's what that, it was. So they would clean entire skirt. But the sprayer, solid. Yeah, no dilution. Oh. So that like, must have, have, have smelled horrible too. Lot. And I was like, oh, God, I, <laughs> I didn't know. Like, so there was practices now that it. Wow. Was, so so I'm, so I'm curious i'm curious now so you went three and a half years doing this if you had to go back like would you just start a shop brand new or would you still buy a shop so i feel like we i honestly feel like we did even though we had clients we got shut down at COVID three months later. right so now we are at zero right so um i would knowing what i know now i would eat press and sell to be honest, I wouldn't have a twelve thousand dollar monthly rent. I wouldn't have any of that. You have a twelve thousand dollar rent now. How many square feet? Six. Whoa! This is ninety five hundred. Yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, I guess Manhattan Beach is definitely nicer, yeah. but I mean, we're in El Segundo, but yeah, El Segundo is that is a lot per square foot. It's a lot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, does it feel like your clients are exclusively in that area, or do you just have clients that aren't? I mean, we prep for a lot of people, like uh-huh. um, people like Denver and Hawaii, we should New York. Um, but yeah, El Segundo is very creaky in the sense that South Bay wants to stay poor. 
to mm-hmm. the Celtic for sure. And so, so dude, like, who is the the core normal clients? Are they like businesses, but they only need fifty or hundred units, or are they are they larger? So, um, and I listened to this on podcast, so it's something that uh, was like find that niche and and, mm-hmm. and do that. Like, I think because we're relocated. Um, People just want to work with somebody close by. They don't want to go to LA. They don't want to do that. So we work with professional sport makers every there. So we work with all the professional sports teams. Um, Aerospace is there for. Oh, ah, cool. Both bowling is there. Uh, SpaceX is there. Uh, Breaking Out is there. So we have a like so there's a lot of those companies. That, I mean. And then we do um, startups, and I think uh, we do startup companies and a ton of retail, Wait. a ton of retail, and we charge them that. And they're just not in beach. They're they are going to charge seventy five dollars or something that we might charge of twenty four, like right? These or something, whatever that is. But um, yeah. Huh. So you end up with a lot of corporate. We really do. We have a ton of corporate um, and good relationships with them. So it's mm-hmm. like. They'll message Dakota doing a rocket march and like, hey, we need X rods at midnight and on it. So it's really relationship uh, based. And is a lot of that actually becoming heat transfers now, like super colors, or is a lot of it going on the press? So screen print, um, I always want to screen print anything if I can. Um, I think I just like to feel it's definitely texture Um, for what heat press, like, so our full heat press apartment is awesome. No, love world and everybody there. We just threw a shout out to Superfella because they're amazing. Um, we had no, so when we got shut down during COVID, we had to cut a joke back there. We had to figure out how are we going to pay rent. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to pay rent and utilities and keep our people working and money just coming in? So we did masks, right? So of course, like everybody did, that paid our rent. So we just went on and we, we, I shut down for a few days and then Dakota and I came in and we put his office, we all were in one little office and I said, every single one of our clients do a mock up of a mask with their little on it. And then we're going to tell them like, we'll do your masks and we're going to do, um, uh, like a, like a work from home bag. So you get a t-shirt cause now, you know, people are just on the phone. It's like they need see this logo right right so we did like a work from we did a t-shirt or a polo a mask and like a hat and then we just gave them a price and so the order started coming in for that hey. the demand really how were we get a print all that like right. on our what the workhorse that can't keep registration so we had what are we going to do so i pulled out not to the we had an old hat press um, it was old and just we never used it from the other shop and um dusted it off and said, we could totally do masks on this. Like, this would be awesome. So we had a connection um, to Rum over at Supercolor. Uh, Pete Jr. said, Al, Pete Jr., love him. Um, he actually came um, to California. He's from New York. I don't know if you know Pete Jr. I don't think I've met him. Uh, yeah, it's New Era, pretty. Um, so Pete came in to do masks, like to manufacture them. And I saw him live on, this is a crazy story. So I saw Pete and Mike Chong live on, like, Facebook. And they were like in LA, they were making these masks. I'm like, this is awesome. They can make them, I can buy from them. And then we wrap right up. So I told Pete, hey, you know, come to the shop. Reach over, said whatever. He came in, he ended up staying uh, three months with us in the shop. We have a studio. He lived with us for three months. He was our mask guy and we printed him. So he got all the, you know, masks for us. 
Um, so uh, he introduced us to rum, and I'm like, oh, we don't have a script that we can actually press them. Right. So um, we tried a couple others, they weren't same or whatever. So um, Rom hooked us up, and man, it was like go time from then. So then we bought a used, a second used hat press, and we just put them on there, and just that's how we did. That's how we made the bills. Masks. And how much do you think you did in masks sales wise? Crazy. Whatever it costs, it funded us. I mean, it kept us open. So tens of that, tens of thousands. Wow. Yeah, tens of thousands. Like we would get, you know, a thousand mask orders and. You know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's like, I'm sure it's six bucks. Like, yeah. Rent, you know, okay, now we got another one for, you know, a hundred or a thousand pieces. So that's how we did it. It's funny now because there was, there was that chunk of time in like 22 where everyone was clearancing them because yeah. everyone who was making them ultimately lost money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our first month of doing masks, I think it was 30 grand in mask only sales. Yeah, that- um, and we didn't even go that hard on it. Like yeah. we just put it on our website and we didn't advertise or anything. And yeah. it, everyone was begging for them. Yeah. I get the Instagram of everything. So it's like, oh, remember this? I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. It's it was like awful. It was time. nightmare. <laughs> it was so bad. So with that kept us, I mean, I just, and like I always will say, like relationships are everything because Guam took us under his lean back and he's just like, he wanted everything guys. He's like, I know you kind of yeah. had him and Mike um, so, um, took this under his wing. Just like, you know, whatever you guys need. So then I was like, oh, we can do masks. And we have, I got to send you a picture. We have this old screen print hat press. So it's like with the little, I haven't seen them, that it's got like, um, it's a one color hat press. And then you have to go through the dryer. And like, Is it a manual one? Yeah. Yeah. I, we have it's like the weird little spray. adapter. Yeah, so this thing has a little, it's not a heat press, it's literally a screen print press. Mm-hmm. And so we had that, and, and then uh, we turned over, I'm like, oh, we could do all kinds of colors now. And so our heat press department came from masks, and now we have uh, we have the Fusion and the Q, we have like the, the all, of, we have everything. We have like six heat presses, like for clothes and for hats, and it's a whole department. Super Color came in and did a whole interview and like story on it and stalls and stuff. And like, it was pretty awesome. Very cool. It was like, that's why I say I read it to reading now. Heat Press is so underrated. Yeah. It really is. Well, because what I think you could do is it, if I started completely new right now, mm-hmm. I would have a good relationship with someone who has a lot of autos. And then um, I would sit in like an unbelievably high traffic place in like 1,000 square yeah. feet. And that would be it. And yeah. it's it's like walk-in traffic and heat presses for small orders. Yeah. But really, you're going to sub out 80% yeah. of all the work. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, like having all the overhead, like, sure, you can take on a bunch of orders. But mm-hmm. it, by the time you've paid all the overhead, how much did you really make? Like, there's so many expenses compared to just saying, okay, look, I actually get the pocket 20% of this order middlemaning it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sell your presses. We're small, like you know. uh, In 2019, we got rid of um, uh, we got rid of two presses that didn't work. We got an eight, ten, and an R. Okay. And expanded the key print. We had a six ten embroidery, super small, but six ten embroidery fires out. Our guy has been doing embroidery for seven years. It's amazing. Um, If it's massive jobs, I think I've talked to the past. Massive job, massive jobs. Like we have somebody that take on the overflow which is awesome mm-hmm. 
Um, same thing with our screen printing. Um, we have a great relationship with somebody who we don't want to say no to 10 or 12 right relationship with somebody that does contract and kills it so we have that um learned a lot just it's learned a lot that we just don't have to say no to the larger jobs we can say no to smaller jobs right um and uh yeah so that's kind of how we do now but yeah so so we got the mnr 2019 that was a game like sometimes i don't and we that's it so we don't have another press that's our press at eight ten and we got rid of everybody. We hired all the people, and now we just have a kick-ass team. They really are there for genuine reasons. You know, like when you like, oh, they don't care. They don't have any investment. Like people love. They are super careful about what goes out of our shop. They care. Mm -hmm. They really do care. It's awesome. We have a solid team. And how many people is it up to? Um, well, counting Dakota and I, like six. Like, oh, okay. Together, yeah, bitty. yeah. I mean, I found that like as as long as you're not getting sucked into yeah. tiny jobs. The amount of output you can do, especially on autos, is crazy. Um, like just booking them. That's why I'm always amazed by people like Liquid Graphics, where I'm like, the you amount. Like 200. Or... Uh, well, I got a call from one of their customers, <laughs> uh, who said that uh, they were saying a 500 piece minimum right now, and then they had told them it was a six to eight week turnaround. And this yeah. guy, and this guy's like, I've been with them for years, and I cannot wait that long or buy that many, because I guess this customer was doing, um, you know, not contract. Like he's he's not contract, right? Well, no, his prices are insane. So I got the Liquid Graphics pricing sheet, uh, because this guy's like, you have to price match, but also don't do, wait eight weeks. And I'm like, I don't know how that works. Like you want fast turnaround, but I have to match the people who have really slow so it's like there's other benefits besides price but they were yeah. doing on 300 units five color they were putting the public wholesale price of the shirt zero markup okay. um i don't know if they have maybe a little bit of a margin because they're buying at such high volumes but no public margin at all on the mark on the blank and then they were doing a five color for a dollar 17 and they had some setup fees, but the setup fees added up to about 60 bucks. So on 300 pieces, five color, they were only going to make maybe $400. And I was like, why do the job? But yet they're so, so busy with so many orders that it, the math actually is there. But for most people, especially smaller shops, like a 300 piece order, five color, that's kind of like your whole day, you know, like. Yeah. You wouldn't be at they their entire price on the job was like under four fifty, including a perfectly nice blank. And I was just like, See, I, why even do the job? I, I don't know. I always question our pricing. Um, because I I mean, I guess I just always question our pricing because I we never changed our pricing. We do now. Yeah. Like we were at the same price. We lost a lot, not a lot. We lost a, a little bit of customers because Jeff had been in business for so long and the relationship was from there and they would bring their owner who would just, you know, okay, it's a dollar fifty more. And I'm just like, right. But like, never the markup was like 15% on the mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, I don't, like, I market at 35, 50%. Like, honestly, it depends. And, and, and depending how technical the job is, not every job we do, it's not, this is what it is across the board. How, yeah. you know, how technical is it? Like, where's it? 
or if they bring it, that's another thing. So, okay, add a buck or two because now we're losing. Yeah. Just those little things that we learned. But um, yeah, we, we lost some business because we're not doing the six color 12 piece no more. We would offer heat press now mm-hmm. that we would show them this is what it feels like, but this is how we could do it. We just have to change. Um, or we can do this order this last time, but next time this is, we have to get 36. our minimum is 36. Um, if it's adamant, they're at 24, we'll offer them, um, heat applied. Mm-hmm. If it, they don't want to do that, then like, and they want us to do it. So like, this is what it's going to cost. But, and we jack it up, not that we jack it up, but what we do is we, we make just, it worth our while to do it. We just charge our minimum and we say, okay, like you wanted 18 shirts. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to pay us for what sure. our minimum would have been. Yeah. And then. Yeah, like you, you just didn't good. give us more shirts to print. Yeah, like whatever. And I have to think to go to the because he's like, "Why wouldn't we hear minimums? Are you? Why is this down here?" And right. Like, I know that. I'm, I'm the one that, and I'm hard ass, but like he's, he is, and I was, he's part of me. Would he get? But he's right. But honestly, he's right. And like working with, how is it working with your wife? Awful. That's never. Yeah, topic, it's right? awful because the thing is, we'll talk about t-shirts like at seven a.m. or we'll talk about t-shirts at eight p.m. or whatever. It's, it's still like we've never magically figured it out. Yeah. Like we can handle, um, we can handle like orders, and we both know like what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when stuff's going wrong or whatever, like you have several Yeah, but I mean, we also have been doing this like we were insane in the beginning like in the very beginning you would see the two of us on a press at midnight like it was crazy yeah like it's almost happened he's like i'm or is it called emancipating like when they just someone right it's over done you're not my mom and we're not mom and son there like people still learn it's not that we're hiding it i think it's awesome that Mm -hmm. work has a family business i think it's uh people like that but we, he doesn't call me mom there, boys. So like, hey, mom, it's right. Scary. It's just not like that. Um, he is strict. He will not talk about why are we talking about this after hours. We're at dinner, or he's over at my house. Or I'm like, oh, you seeing? He's like, I'll look at him. Yeah, he is, and he's. Right. That's the way to do it. He's right. He's like, okay, and I'm like, okay, or he just won't respond in the text. I'm like, hey, did you? And he's like, I'm off, man. Like. I spend 60 hours there a week. Yeah. Like, let me have two days. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. It's the way to do it. I've gone at it. Like, 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 I'm like, I ain't working with you. It's hard. <laughs> but now it's not as bad. As the mom, you're going to win those fights all the time, right? No. 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 Because uh, now, man, like, I, I, there was a point with me, like, like I said, like, there was a point with me where I get pissed. Like I was super nice and the show were on something, some types of people, but I get pissed back I just get to a point where it's like, oh, that's it. Yeah. So yeah. we've got to the, and we have got to that point. Like it's got not in a long time. Um, he is very, at, and it's happened because uh, why it's changed is because we learned to automate the business, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, bring it in for Tabo. The other thing that was a game changer for us is graphic source. Because you, we were doing everything. And if you have a company that can help do that yeah. um, and take on some of that responsibility, it's just like with automating anything in it. When you can have a yeah. new tool in yeah. there, like providing something for my team, a new press or um, the, the 
CTS or anything like that, it makes your life easier. Yeah. And we always were the last words to have help. We hired people and it was like, nah, they're not working right. And it's peeing them out the ass. And it's like, oh my God. And we're training them and it's taking time. Having something that you can use, like a VA type thing and, and doing having steps done somewhere else in the mm-hmm. moment and having a virtual like they're there has been a game changer. And that saved our mother son relationship because he was he was maxed out yeah and we're small like we're so small but man we power out a lot of business yeah and it all goes through him like yeah. when i stop and think it all goes through him that one phone call that one order people picking that up or all the heat press like our heat press department like is on fire constantly it's we're so busy like we do a shitload of hats and tons of tons of i'm at super there for five minutes i'm at super Bowler. Four times a week, sometimes, you know, yeah. like they're 15 minutes from us. I'm like, they're ready. They don't even have the stuff in logo yet. And I'm already like, as soon as we need, we're ready to go, you know? So, what's your guys' like marketing? Is this just natural because you're local or are you guys actively trying to get new clients? Or? Um, yeah, I think we would be crazy to not always do out. Yeah. Don't have outside sales. That's something that him and I um, do talk about, but being super active within the, within the community. So being active doing pop-ups, um, mm-hmm. I have a small little brand. Um, my brand is up at one of a, a tap house. And so we, we would do our one of sponsor things like our sponsoring is our, and uh, it's not just something on the back that we'll do. We put our inside label. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see now every time. Who's going to read the back of the shirt? No, right. put it on the inside label. They see it. Um, so yeah, we just stay super active within the community and our outside people, like we just did stuff for action sports are reaching out to the people or uh that we've had from previous business and mm-hmm. you know has relationships with uh bankers and stuff like that so i mean that's not doing outfit sales that we definitely have relationships it's all relationships mm-hmm. really like it's super and it's strong it where we are with like i said manhattan and the south bay and elsa i know they want to they're super tight about keeping it core to the community yeah it's like a little mayberry like fire departments and then that fire windows, the Beverly Hills fire window and those San Diego. So now we've got Beverly Hills and San Diego fire, mm-hmm. um, FEMA, all that. Very so, cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. We're very, very fortunate. Speaking of the tags, there's something that I saw that Fresh Prince is doing that I, I've been considering it. Um, I don't, I mean, we're not as big as Fresh Prince, but what they're doing is they're offering the Fresh Prince blank which is obviously not their blank, but they went and they paid to relabel all of it. And then that is their cheaper shirt. So you have to actually pay more to get like a comfort colors blank, even though they might've relabeled the comfort Mm -hmm. colors and called it a Fresh Prince blank. Mm -hmm. So they are getting their tag out there over and over and over. And they actually force you to pay more to just have it say Hanes. Um, And it's kind of a great idea. Um, I don't know what that would mean for us to implement it but i really like the idea I mean, we had a house shirt so our house and our go-to um is uh, color. oh you guys color. are fancy yeah. that makes sense where you are <laughs> so mayest color is our actually house tea yeah and um so when somebody calls for a rush order they get the as color basic huh yeah and i mean it's awesome like it's yeah it's a great shirt it is just amazing so where where are you guys now? Like, how are you feeling about your shop? Like, how's um, 
just like you said, you have a strong team, right? So how exactly. do you feel about your job, where you are now? And how do you feel about just what the future kind of look like? So because of the team that we have, um, yeah, I'm in it. I don't want to quit every day. You know, I mean, there's days, but like, yeah, we have now there's things that we want to do. I was talking to Paul, like I want to have a CTS now. Now there's things that we want to add to it and it's getting better. Um, but this is really 22 is really our 23 is our first year of kind of normalcy. Yeah. And it's still like not really slammed one week and then next week. But um, I mean, I just see everything a lot. Um, I see everything is now that we've got some regular, um, some business that we've implemented and the changes that we've made. Yeah, I'm not trying to quit everything. I definitely love what we do. I love the clients that we work with. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Nice. Oh so you bought yeah. you bought your business to begin uh, with. Do you so see we're yourself? We're still partners. We're still partners. So we okay. still have a partnership. So are you you so phasing this... that you phasing that out like you originally planned? Yeah, um, that's that's working progress. But yeah, that would be ideal. Is shouldn't just be able to have it all. That could be very possible. Maybe it's next year. Working on. That. So is he still in a business, the person that sold you? Yeah, so um, Jeff is still, like, he, I see him maybe once every four months. He doesn't have anything awkward. Um, mm. But he, um, he has other businesses. Because he actually has a credit card processing company. So he, uh, he went, he got, uh, he got licensed or whatever you do to he process credit cards now. So he's killing private debts and oh. shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Private it, it, credit card processing is a crazy thing. I did uh, like a phone center for literally two or three weeks and I quit. But uh, it was interesting seeing the inside of it because um, they basically just build these giant call centers where all they do is have people cold call all day yeah. and harass people. And then they get fractions of a penny off of every single sale. Yeah. And so like it can be worth it eventually, but well, it's a main. He did another thing. So like when he left Clockwork, like he... And like I said, it's, it's all about relationships. Like if you take a flight, I feel that clockwork is very boutique based because like we'll have people come in and they just want to leave from Boeing come in and they just, it's like a weed work. They'll come in with their laptop and mm -hmm. just like love the vibe of plants and write the whole thing in right. the showroom. And they'll work until their computer dies. And then they're like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey. But it's like so rad, right? Yeah. have that vibe. And like, we all do our work, but they'll just come in and like work. But he... Clockwork's definitely been a funnel for relationships and doing things. And Jeff, when before he left Clockwork uh, and why he left is he got involved early on with like the CBD and the whole cannabis mm -hmm. thing. And he started doing packaging for them. So that guy was hired him for packaging. And he's like, hey, no, we can't ever sell this stuff online. This fee, it's restricted. And he's like, oh, I'm still credit card processing. And he did it. <laughs> work and it's it's massive now. yeah it's crazy so. it, it's amazing how many whenever i talk to people who talk about how they can't find a job or they can't yeah. um like figure out ways to make money and then you find out that they just like tell everyone they're a freelance graphic designer and you're like are, are you guys aware of like how many industries there are there's so many tiny weird pathways that you can find yourself in that make massive amounts of money yeah. And so it's so weird when people get themselves in this hole of like, because I can only think of 12 jobs in the whole world. 
I can't find a job. Uh, and there's so many paths to make money. Like this, this industry really like think of all the different people that come through who are like, yeah. you have long-term clients that like you have and they do weird stuff. Like one of our clients who just ordered this morning, like all they do is work on rebuilding air conditioning compressors. They're not even doing like public air conditioning. And you wouldn't think that it's a thing, but they'll order like 1100 pieces yeah, yeah. and it's uniform. So like yeah. clearly they are huge. Yeah. <laughs> and like, how often are you thinking about the compressor inside of an air conditioner? Yeah. It's, um, there's just so many ways to make money. It's kind of sad that people like, are like I'm either a barista or a, yeah. it's like okay, and there's a lot of other options. You did, yeah. People just can't can't they can't see that. Like I, I, I thought about that too because like you see people just use just random stuff to make money, like especially mm -hmm. now with the with but the it's internet. taking that opportunity though. Yeah. The yeah. risk. The Jeff yeah. is a risk taker for sure. Like yeah, like I said, he's started up and failed numerous businesses. Like I'm like, what are you doing? Like are you doing but then like you made this work man and like his three hour i remember when when i was just working for him his wife would get so pissed off and she you have three hour meetings it's just a t-shirt like what and he's like you watch that three hour meeting with it's gonna like make us and look at him now yeah like, no bullshit like that guy will he's a smooth talker mm -hmm. like, he is a salesman yeah 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 it's it I mean, all relationships, the, the relationships like Gavin, you know how that is with dealing with all the print shops. Like, what have you seen with uh, kind of like, you know, word of mouth and getting some sort of good reputation? Um, and how does that normally affect you? I mean, I, I think I, I kind of told you how this thing all started literally before I even had the name of the business. I just called somebody and they was willing to just do business. So yeah. it's all about just people feeling good about you. Your name in the street has to be super yeah. clean. And well, you can't be <laughs> just when, when, when somebody thinks of cold, they just got to feel positive vibes. Right. So it's really about that. And it takes a long time and people just have to feel that you're genuine. You they're out to really take care of them. Obviously they know it's a business and you got to make money. But are you that guy that's just gonna if when things go wrong, are you gonna like are you gonna kinda step up and do it? So yeah, to, like for me, for example, even when I when I was running my screen printing shop, uh I was out there at all the meetings, I mean, I mean all the trade shows, okay. try to go to every industry event as possible. I didn't even have the plan of building steps at IO, but I always knew just being connected to the uh the industry was important. Probably the most important thing. Right. Just the contacts in your phone uh, or just people knowing you by your first name is a lot more important yeah, in no, business than anything. I would say no burning bridges for sure. Like, yeah. It really is a relationship. And I mean, I say that, you know, oh, how's your outside sales? It's relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thousand percent. We had a horrible reputation. Like, honestly, we did. Like, we had big companies. That just for like, we never knew what we were going to pick up anymore. And it's like, oh my God. Like, how, how did, did you rebuild that? that? Just, I mean, I don't even know how it got rebuilt. I think it was just people, like, honestly, word of mouth throughout the community. Like, um, we never had, oh, Dakota and I are taking over anymore. I'm going to shut down four months after we 
took over. Yeah. And then like, you didn't have the big ugly like no. new management banner. Nobody could come around for two years. Yeah. So like, how do you do that? So it was just really gradual of us putting our faces out there. Like, oh, we, we took over clockwork beyond Gypsum Ball, but oh, and a big thing was like, you know, our former guy who was the manager, our guy, like he's not here any longer. We make some changes. And, I mean, but we have people going, like, I'll tell you what, I would never come back to you if people still here. Like, you had to clean house. And when you take over a business, like, you take over everything. Mm -hmm. Like, you either clean out and employees, bad habits, like, as hard as it is, you know, like, you adapt all those horrible habits. Right. And we did. And, and getting our reputation back was like, and I now, I'm confident. I know when we, something that leaves us, people are stoked on it. Like, little things that we'll do extra. Like, I think that's one of my questions I have for you guys is like, what extra do you do for clients? Like one of the things that we do like for heat press, um, and this is just goes back to like, uh, keeping in good with the client and showing them that you really do care is like, when, you know, we'll do like say shirts or something like the ultra that same design that we do extra. So we'll put them on tote bags mm -hmm. and they'll have like, now they pick up their order and like with the box and then I'll have it on the tote bag and I'll put some hats in there too. And they're yeah. so stoked. Like, oh my God, you totally did this for us. Like, you know what I mean? Little things like that or growing in, uh, we did beanies and like, well, what would this look like on a hat? Or what would, would this love, I think would look dope on a hoodie. And so that, oh, I never thought about that. Those little things um, that were genuine, not, it's not just a sales tactic. It's like, look out, you're, it's people are visual, right? So like when we built our show, we have everything in there. It's color, like Bella, like Carhartt. We have all this whole showroom built out really nice. Um, and people can come in and touch a field, but we'll put their product on something that they didn't order. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a construction company and they did, then you have the same shirt constantly. We'll throw in different shirts that are more expensive at no cost just to show them, look, it's another color or you don't have to have a, well, 5180, you could have a 5001, yeah. you know, things color and the color fields. And so it's to me, all those little things that's a big difference in us changing our reputation for sure. And so, talking about like the blanks, um, I always kind of like to hear, like, we, we just had Rich talk about it on Culture Studio, and he basically has his staff just tell the client what they're getting. Um, we have like basically the entire catalog available on our website, which yeah. I think overwhelms people. Oh, and yeah. then um, no, yeah. other people I've seen, like, um, what's his name? Matt. Is it Matt Marcotte? Is that his name, Gavin? Yeah. Um, I was checking out his website because he has like his own print shop also besides right. his Printago stuff. Um, and he literally offers like seven items, period. Mm -hmm. Like he, he cut it down to nothing. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't know how he handles things like, you know, someone asking for comfort colors. I don't know if he says no, or if he just only helps you if you ask for it. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing to see how people like offer blanks and what the right answer is. I don't know what the right answer is. So I think that's, yeah. it's not us giving them the right answer. It's us asking the right question. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we do a lot of events or stuff in the school and you know, they're going to be on a budget. So it's mm -hmm. like, and you want, the, and I've heard you talk about good, better, best. I know on your website, you would have done good, better, best. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of what I adapted to. And it's, um, what is this for? Are you reselling this? Is it something that's for an event and you want to stay, uh, you know, within a certain budget? And uh, I can offer this. I can put them in a guild in 64000 right? Yeah. Soft style, something that's super soft and they still have that feeling. Um, or is it retail or streetwear? And you want something that's like a 
professional kind of look, um, like a five zero zero one color. So mm -hmm. I think asking those questions, um, we don't have. We used to have like the old days. We had like five racks that the, the the people the reps would come in. They go, oh yeah, well what offer does it like four years? So we got rid of all that, and now we have our go tos. It's AS Color has a whole section for just AS Color. It's like all the shirts you know, sweatshirts, their hats, you know, um, they'll come up and just restock us with stuff. Independent, just like we'll have the lightweight of just have a variety of certain brands, Bella, Independent, Dance Color. Yeah. That's our core of that. Um, and then we'll have like the budget of them as well. Yeah. We'll have yeah. a few of those. But shower, I don't even have real brands on the shower. Like, I'll bring it out. So this is the difference. This is us, $3 more for this way you get. So they're like, oh, shit, and you want yeah. it to end up in the little store in a few years? Or do right. you want people to wear it? Because and we'll be honest with them. Like, you know, I want a good shirt. I'm like, it's going to cost a couple more dollars. Like, don't even print this. Do a hat then. Don't even print this shirt if, if this is the what you're going to feel. Because it's going to be some heavy, scratchy-ass shirt. Yeah. When you can spend a dollar to do more and have something that people will wear all the time. For the hats, are you doing a lot of like flex fit or auto or what's the so, main brand there? Um, auto. Auto. Like, okay. They're in the South Bay, like the trucker 39165 mm -hmm. is thousands a month. Wow. Uh, thousands. And next one would be probably like a 6506, um, uh, like a DAT cap. We use Academy Fit. So we use Academy Fit for our DAT caps mm -hmm. and they're amazing and expensive and awesome. So we go to LA and just grab, you know, two hundred of those. Uh, but yeah, those are probably Yukong. Uh, we move a lot of. Uh, Going to LA is cheaper than just direct or an, um, a distributor. Some both we do a rice order, or sometimes they don't have it. Yeah, but Academy Fit, like, or we'll order it over. We'll just yeah. we'll call them and say, hey, we're gonna order it down or something like that. But yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I've yeah. never used them. Awesome. So we have clients who like up in Beverly Hills, and that you know they need or rice order like be local and they need it next day. So Dakota was doing an order for a guy up in Beverly Hills and they needed it for this event and it was a last minute order and it's like, okay, we'll just that extra overnight. It was a couple hundred bucks. So Dakota goes on Uber, it was like $37. Yeah. And they got it the next day. I don't know how the messenger okay. businesses are still in business because like I'll, I'll get quotes over a hundred dollars for a messenger yeah. and then I open the Uber app and it's, it's 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. So like, I don't understand how they're even alive anymore. Yeah. I, maybe it's because there might be restrictions for like lawyers or yeah. like documents, but it doesn't make any sense for us. Yeah, I remember. I remember calling and saying, oh, it's $200. I'm like, oh my God, it's like in San Diego. I'll pay an employee. Do you want me? I'll give you the $200 yeah. to drive this down there. But yeah, we Uber um, a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It works well. Yeah. So, but yeah, those are the main hat. Like the hat, auto is probably auto. Uh, Academy Fit. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. One, one thing you said a little bit earlier was, uh, just creating, like, how do you nurture your customer and how do mm -hmm. you, like, kind of build that? I, I had read this book a while back, and and we've been playing around a lot with this in our startup. This book is called Never Lose a Customer Again or something yep. like that. Never Lose a Customer Again. It was an awesome book. And one thing it talks about is just being super intentional about that, right, about how you're going to take care of your customer. Like think of that in advance, even though it may feel like robotic and it may not, 
but to the customer they don't know right so for example there's a bunch of different avenue that you could talk to your customer like one you could just pick up the phone and just call them right customer will appreciate that uh some sending a gift to a customer and surprising them right customer definitely will appreciate that you printing the shirt and you putting an extra something in there that's like customized to them they will appreciate that right like for us one thing that we do is literally created a customer nurture program because we kind of know our customers going to be yeah be with us like how many times can we positively touch that customer right so let's say the first month with the customer is me the founder getting on the phone and just having like a conversation it's literally written down in our sop i'm picking up the phone like on the 25th day and talk to the customer on the 45th day the customer is with us the customer is getting something now i'm not going to reveal That's everything because if the customer becomes ours i don't want to reveal yeah. our game but it's like there's 10 different touch point that we want to touch the customer within a year period. That's uh, in this book? That's, well, that's- In the I book, took... slash it's what Gavin does. Okay, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it, because it does make all the difference. And you're right about touching your customers a lot. Um, like, it, there is something about having a relationship with somebody, especially once you get to that thing where, like, they can just text you. As long as they're not super annoying and bugging you in the middle of the night, like, it's cool that you can just get a text, be like, oh, yeah, we're halfway through, or, oh, we can slip the brush in, and it not necessarily being all this, like, upfront email. I, you seem to not have a receptionist the way you're talking about your orders. You are the, so you're the number one point of contact. So, so whoever answers the phone, it's him or I. So there just is no, like, you know, bad customer service situation where they're. Oh, I'm sure I would. I think my worst thing is <laughs> Yeah. I think that's my worst thing. Like, I think our customer service is awesome because we do care. It's not mm-hmm. just a BS, like, put your, come in and. Hey, a 20 year old. Yeah. The other thing is, like, we work with so many. Yeah, because that's their first, that is their first. Um, a perception of your company is like mm-hmm. hey, you have place in front right and if i have somebody who's not just you know making them feel like they should feel then that te- that speaks volumes of our company also so, industry knowledge is really hard to train like if that if, in a hard way. if a person do doesn't know about t-shirts they just yeah. sound so stupid to clients yeah. so fast totally it's hard it is like it's i remember you know him the guy before us like we were at the other place he'd been Oh, that we never even knew what a next level was. Yeah, they never even did. I was like, oh my god, this shirt's amazing! Like we use Gilded, and like that's just what we use, and not mm-hmm. that's a bad thing. It definitely has its place for certain businesses, but um, I didn't know about anything else. Like I didn't know that there was like Bella and any of this other stuff because there was no communication, you know. So mm-hmm. having um, uh, having um, meeting with the reps and stuff like that, like really picking and choosing what prints well and what. But like having clients um, like Dakota and I being um, in the front of it, that is, that's important for me to make sure that they know that like we sit with them sometimes when they're building the business to get retail. I don't like drag or stuff, but we'll get retail and then we'll, we'll set meeting. We'll just come in and talk and, and come in, into the showroom and we'll set aside 30 minutes and we'll sit with you, send your designs first. And so we know what we're kind of looking at. And then you can come in and tell us like what your plan is. And they'll come in with, oh, I have 10 designs. I'm going to knock all this stuff out. And what is your work? 
you know, I want to work at who is your social media? Who is your demographic? Mm-hmm. Can I do that with them? Like, well, you know, and I'm like, then we're not pretty intended to design for, I could take your money and I'll tell them that. I could take your money and we'll, here's five grand, like, and I'll do it. Right. But then you're not going to be a repeat customer. We're not going to grow together. Like, mm-hmm. pick three designs, do a complex design, and two simple ones. Let's start with that and let's see how that goes because we need to grow together. Otherwise, I'm not going to see him again. And it was a one time thing in Dubai. Yeah. So we're super honest with him like that. And I, you know, I think people appreciate that. Yeah. Being on the side of being a brand is it's interesting how many people think that that's, I guess, an easy path. I don't know if it's just because of YouTube content, but everyone seems to think they're going to start a brand. And then the people that normally have a successful brand they built a massive audience yeah. and then they had a reason to sell merch. Sure. Um, and so it's just, it's just weird when people come and they have, you know, 81 Instagram followers yeah. and they're talking to you about their brand and mm-hmm. it just and seems you know, like they're completely oblivious. I don't be that person is like, who am I to say that they can't sell a bunch? I mean, they yeah. might be able to do it eventually, but they don't have a reason right. to now. And if they do have a lot of followers, we have a client who used to, you know, upwards of 75,000 and he's an influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, and, our, we, he was referred to us, and he's going to sell hundreds and thousands of shirts. They always <laughs> order thirty six at a time. Yeah, we have a YouTuber who we have had for, I mean, I don't know, nine years or something, and so he's always been great, and he's super nice, and he'll get two million views like every video, mm-hmm. and off of two million views with an audience that really likes him and is loyal and knows him. We'll like knock out 900 sales, which is great. Like it's, it's a legitimate um, amount of like monthly is they did monthly drop. He doesn't even do every month mm-hmm. because he's afraid of burning everyone out. Yeah. So he'll do, you know, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. And so like, it's good. And we do like the fulfillment for it and stuff. So like, it's a good chunk of money when he orders, it'll be like 10 grand or 15 grand or something. But I mean, 2 million views yeah. and it converts to 900 sales. I'm it's just not. If he did it more often, do you think if he did it more, if you did a test with that or added a hat to it, do you think that people now they're used to him only doing a job every few months? I mean, he has day. pins, beanies, hats. He has products that we didn't make. He's had mouse pads. He's had, he's definitely had different products. But um, I think there's just an element of like people will consume content sure. and they don't want to wear it on their body. Yeah. Like, yeah. how often have you been wearing, yeah. like, your favorite musician or, or whoever on a t-shirt, to be I honest? Think, yeah. Like, I own, like, three shirts that are branded by content makers. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't want to do it. And so, like, maybe it works better if you really target young demographics. But yeah. um, a lot of branding ultimately isn't about, you know, being popular. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, my feeling is... Uh, before we took over, um, we worked with a bunch of like the Kardashian type, mm-hmm. right? So we had um, relationships with that. And, and so we were working on a project. But I think that whole influencer thing, I think it was so overdone for so long. People don't even believe it's authentic anymore. Right. I think it really went for like, oh, if we're going to hire Kylie to do something, it's going to be bring our $1,000 and everything that was involved in that, like, I learned on the back end, like, okay, we can have to spend a million to get those products made because if she does sell X amount for you, right? But I think the um, authentic and genuine behind that got saturated right. from, from the influencers of that caliber, right? Of, 
Whereas is people like, eh, I don't know if I want this shirt. I like watching you, but yeah, I, I, I love that garment. Yeah. yeah. I think it just got saturated. Yeah. Sure. It, it's, it, it's interesting how like the best brands, I mean, obviously there's a massive merch game for concerts specifically, mm -hmm. but then like I've talked to some of those guys who are handling merch for bands mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, 85% of the sales are live. Like we do their yeah. website, yeah. but on a given day, people aren't Googling yeah. these bands and trying to buy a, a shirt. It's because they're at an event. And then there's like an element of like, I want to remember this. Like I was here, I saw this tour. So it's there's a, a memento element that really is important. You're in the moment, yeah. the impulse purchase, you're feeling it, right? And you want to have that memory versus going home, but it is $65 for that shirt. Yeah. You really want to do that. You have more. Yeah. Definitely impulse. So uh, we have gone over our allotted time. Gavin, you got any any last second questions? No, it was, this was good. Like learned a lot. Uh, are you going to sell the business? Are you, do you plan on selling the business? No, like, no, 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 no. I'm going to own it 100% first. That's our thing, okay. like I said. We're going to, no, I'm not going to sell it anytime soon. But I think about my five and eight year. Oh, nice. Nice. So I'm thinking about my five or eight year exit plan. I think I would stay within the industry, but just maybe, sell it to your son, right? Yeah, just like give your shares out over to him and make him yeah. pay it. I worked remotely, I'm sure, or even did that. But have him know. buy you out, and but then I would make it stay in somehow. Like I love the whole wheat press thing. I love working with people and doing yeah. that. So like, but in five years, I might feel differently, or ten years, I might feel differently. Yeah. My grandma is about to turn 90 and she has not retired. Oh, she wow. is, she, she like can't stop. She's been a reason, but that's, she has a reason to wake up. Yeah. So she stays busy because what do you do with me though? On the right. weekends, I'm so lazy and I'm like, man, I need to get back to work. She's more energetic than me. So like, that's, <laughs> she, that's awesome. She, yeah. Having something to do, I think really matters. Cause I, I don't know what you do. I'm not sure what you do when you retire. You start volunteering, I guess. Maybe that's how you fill your time, but. Yeah. Just seems like a lot of free time. I get bored on like Sunday afternoon, and I'm like, saying. I've I've done this. Yeah. It's been a day I and a half. A little side brand because like, what am I? Yeah, yeah. I had to stay with. It. I yeah, I love it. I actually love this. I'm glad we did it now. I think we've learned a lot. There is a lot to learn. Anybody out there taking a little businessman, get into it. Like get into the guts of of all of it. Like we still have paperwork to do. We have all that still. But the learning of it and, and taking on bad habits and, and adopting all those. <laughs> I wanted to just, and they took it like it's just sucks. But there's, there's a light in it. Yeah. Like, we're there. Like, we're there. And there will never be a problem again. <laughs> all right. Going back to the office today. No. Perfect. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming yeah. by. Uh, it was good meeting you in person after seeing you yeah, forever on yeah. Instagram. My Instagram buddy. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I still have to pick your brain out a bunch of stuff. I've got notes from all your other podcasts. So. Sounds good. Part two. All right. Well, thanks to everyone listening. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell your mom about us. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye.